0: Welcome back everyone to Personalize. I wanna say right off the start that I, I am fully aware that we haven't had an episode released since Valentine's Day. Um, a lot of that you is due to the coronavirus, um, a few things on my end as far as breakup and other little snags here and there that have set me back on production. With that being said, however, I do wanna say that we at Gravity and Dunn have brought on somebody to help on the personalized team. She is such a cool person. I, I enjoy talking to her very much and I hope you I hope you become to enjoy the energy she brings to this podcast as much as I have. You're you're gonna hear her reading credits and sometimes co-hosting and do his various things along the way. Um so with that being said, take it away, Abby.
1: Hi, how's it going?
0: Uh would you mind telling the listeners exactly a little bit about you?
1: Oh. Uh well, my name is Abby Rose. I am a voice actor by trade, I suppose you could say. Um, a little bit new to the scene, but I'm a big fan of Vincent's work, um, and all of the people around. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> um, what else? I'm a big gamer. I don't know, I don't I don't think I'm that interesting Vince, I'll be real
0: <laughs> Well, I mean, for listeners that may not know Or may have trouble recognizing She's also, she's, she voices things Like uh, she's in the Veiled West She did the One Bad Night 11th Hour Episode that I got to do last year um, mm-hmm. She was the lead actress for that Um, Play Little you, Melody <laughs> uh, And you are also on a few other Little voice projects um, Some you can't or some you can talk about
1: uh, well, yeah, I think, I think, yeah, Veiled West, um, which is released, like, every other week with uh, Hey, It's Jolly Entertainment, uh, and I play Eliza Gentry, and uh, also Crunchy Dragon Treats, which is about to release, like, it's so fresh, it's about to release its fourth episode, um, and I play a high elf mage named Solana Valray, Um and I'm obsessed with her, and <laughs> she's, like, my favorite person. <laughs>
0: Now, is that a is that a role playing podcast or is that a, a audio drama?
1: It's uh it is it is a audio drama. I, I would say as much as it's I would say an audio comedy like mm-hmm. <laughs> um it's a an extremely self-aware piece <laughs> um about an adventuring party. So it takes <laughs> it takes like all of you know uh the pop culture stuff from Doing an MMO RPG or like a tabletop RPG kind of game, um, and it just meshes the worlds together, and breaks the fourth wall. Has a lot of fun with like messing with that script, um, with the stereotypes that go along with it. Uh, the characters are very self-aware. There's a narrator who's incredibly aware of like what he's doing, um, and it's there are some really funny people in that show. It's some really crazy characters, and it's just i I love it being a huge nerd, and they make all of these nerd references, and they just laugh at them, uh, which I appreciate a lot.:
0: Amen <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: And it's also nice because like uh I've been doing so many like dramas lately that like going into a comedy, I feel like back in my groove.
0: I guess it is pretty weird I'm trying to go over like comedy ones I'm head. there I mean, there's like a few off the top of my head, you know, um hmm. My wife's a dead, my dead wife's a robot car. Uh, (laughs) voyage to the stars. Mm -hmm. Um, shit. Technically, the insomnia project has some like kind of fourth wall comedy stuff. I mean, hmm,
1: yeah, it's a little, it's it's a little difficult, I think, with especially now how a lot of um, podcasts and audio dramas are produced, where so many people you know, they bring, bring together a lot of people who don't necessarily know each other, um, and we're all recording in our own studios, in our own time zones, um, and don't get to interact much with each other as like a cast. Uh, I think it is hard to pull off a comedy when you don't know your, um, other teammates. You know, I, I think a lot of comedy is, is, is relationship and, Stuff like that. But I, and I think... I, I'm going to be real. I think we got really lucky. And, um, you know, you can see, like, as the episodes go on, I think the actors get to know each other's voices so much better that, mm-hmm. like, you can tell that these lines are landing. Like, like we <laughs> we understand where our timing is going to be. Um, so I just get really excited whenever the episodes release because then I'm like I'm so excited to hear these jokes actually like <laughs> full out rather than just reading them
0: mm-hmm. oh you know what and before we get off the subject uh Emperor Pigs why did I not think about that Emperor Pigs and like Three Husks my own fucking show <laughs> <laughs> um so do you know this this uh episode's guest do you know Taryn Miller?
1: I have not. I don't I don't actually I know uh Halen well met right right um but I''m I've, I've, I've not interacted with Taryn at all because I've you know I've interacted with some of the people with emperors pigs and um the whole postal Roach group mm-hmm. um but no I've never met Taryn
0: so Taryn Merlot and Mike and I they are I, and and I would I, like I said like I say many a times this episode and Bernie and I um they are the three uh I would say big heads but they are the three f- founders co-founders um they are the reasons why halo well met is halo well met you know um you know they do the guild of adventurers which is basically their flagship um podcast it's their role-playing podcast and then they have the shorts podcast which is their anthology series um where they collect authors from around the world to write a story that they produce um I have you know uh, previous guests such as Kate. She has an episode that's released. Eli has the second episode, which is mentioned a lot in this episode of Personalized. Um, I have an episode, but it's not currently out yet. Maybe by the time this uh, this Personalized episode airs, but um, and there's just a lot of really good authors and really good stories on the Shorts podcast. And then of course, Danson and Halo, um, Halo, Unlucky Charm. They're the reasons Halo and Will met. Are exactly you know like. That they're they're the things that, you know, when, when we talk when we think Halo Met, you know, we think guild, we think shorts, but you know, if you're looking at it from the details, Unlucky Charm and Dancing are two of the hardest pounding audio dramas to get out there. But it's something that we've been working on for a while. Mm-hmm. Um and I they neither one of them would actually be a thing without Taryn and Mike, with any help they get from us or you know, even though, you know, me and Eli we did Unlucky Charm and um, you know, and I'm writing an executive producing dance and like it wouldn't be where it's at if it wasn't for Mike and I, for Mike and shout Turner. out,
1: shout yeah. out big ups to them.
0: <laughs> um, so I guess just, just, you know, one more thing, uh, or before we, before we dive into the episode, I, I do want to say, you know, I remember, I remember the day, um, I was actually pitching them dance and I was like, actually going through a grocery store and, uh, I had just got done, I, I got done talking to Eli and was telling him I was going to do it. And it was, we just, we just got hot off of writing "Unlucky Charm. And I was like, I want to do more podcasts. And so I was like, I'm going to do this story that I've always wanted to do. because um, it, it has a lot of personal meaning and, uh, and connections that just, just not me, but people in my life. And, um, and it's it's just it's a really special concept, and so you know I remember like hitting them up, and um, you know I was I was four and very straight and honest. I was like, look, you know, um, I know you guys are like about to have your hands full, of unlucky charm, but I really want to write the show, and um, I I couldn't think of a better home, and they agreed, and you know, and um, we got it done. We you know we got season one written, and it's currently in production now, and has and has been, but you know, um woop. Yeah, I, I cannot be more excited to have it, um, you know where we're at, and.
1: Well, congratulations also.
0: So with that being said, um, Abby. Hi. Thank you so much for you know for, for being here and um you know, joining the team. We're Suri and I are very. He's excited to meet you, and I'm excited to work with you. Um, I'm th- I, I more than thrilled to be here.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so. We won't keep you listening keep you waiting anymore. Um with that being said, I guess we can let the episode begin. because um you know like at least anything at least with the shorts and of course dancing and unlucky charm you know uh you can't go without 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 you know without bernie without uh you know mike's wife um so i would assume like when i think of and well man i mean of course you know me and eli and and the cast of all the unlucky charm and dancing and everything else but like when it comes to the core i mean it's you three that, that carry it carry the mantle more than anything you know you three are the reason why we are all here to begin with
3: yeah pretty pretty much i know a lot of lot of the recording sessions we've done have just been me mike and bernie sitting in, in this room here at my at my house um yeah, there's been a few late night ones as well when when yeah my wife and kids have been away or that sort of piece and we've uh, yeah sort of sat in here up until midnight or beyond doing doing recording and you can kind of tell that in some of the stories where uh yeah, the energy level sort of drops off a little bit towards the end of an episode or the end of a story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you can mm-hmm. see that it's, a, yeah, it's half past one in the morning and we're we're tired.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I've, you know, I've heard some of the, uh, some of the raw from dancing, um, which, and it's one of those things <laughs> where like Mike, Mike's, Mike's thing is he's like, all right, I'll cut all the raw out. And uh, so you don't, have, so you can just listen to the actual lines. And I think he did it for like one, of if it was, I think it was like one of the au- sort of auditions we had with Bernie um yeah. or something like wrong the line but he missed it on one of them and i was like i honestly get a kick out of listening to uh especially with the girls um so i, I was like just leave it in and let me cut all that out because it's just funny to hear all the reactions with all of you
3: when we um we did our last recording session a couple of weeks ago for the for the shorts episode that's about to release now mm-hmm. um or by the time this this comes out the shorts episode that released just before Christmas. Um, right. and Mike and Bernie and Cam and Rachel were over. We decided to do a bit of a dinner and afterwards as well, but, uh, Mike and Bernie brought their kids over. So I had my, my two daughters, um, yeah, playing with Mike and Bernie's and, uh, yeah, we were constantly visited by, uh, assorted fairies, princesses. Um, oh, I can't remember what other characters they came up with, but yeah, that recording when, when we were cutting that episode, <laughs> it was, yeah serious podcast episode. Mm-hmm. Interspersed with kids running in, knocking on the door, wanting to uh, show us the latest costume that they were putting on. And it was beautiful. It was fantastic.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> <Yeah>. So <clears throat> where did actual Hail and Well come from? Because from my knowledge, you and Mike met in college. I thought I heard one of you said at one time, somewhere along the mm, line, you work. two met at college-ish. Uh,
3: at, at work, but um, – mm-hmm yeah i ooh, it's it's a it's a long sort of story right that's um that kicks in um well probably needs to start start slightly differently but um anyway i'll i'll get into it okay. we, <laughs> um ah, oh, look it it probably starts with with my introduction to podcasting right which which is kind of like listening as a as a listener to podcasting right i, I mm, um
2: mm-hmm.
3: i, I kind of came in uh, not not early on in the in the podcasting piece, but sort of listening to some of the some of the original podcasts as it started getting popular and people started talking about it, it's like, Hey, what's this podcasting thing? And and listening along and a few of the ones that sort of piqued my interest at the start were uh, a lot of the you know, the commentary kind of things, you know, the guys that like um stuff you should know or you know, all all of those sort of pieces. And um and they were all really, really cool and interesting and fun and, and you know Sort of made the the daily commute into the office pretty pretty enjoyable, mm. and then um, I I ran into as a result of all of that a few sort of D and D podcasts, and it was really coincidental because around that same time I I had come into D and D. I'm a I'm a huge nerd, right? Always have been. Yeah,
0: aren't we but, both? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm I'm late to that D and D space, mm. right? Of um. Yeah, I've always been more into yeah, Star Trek and space sci fi kind of things more than the fantasy stuff. But it um, you was know, sort of much later in life that I had an opportunity to play some DD with mm-hmm. some friends. Absolutely loved it. It was brilliant. Um, then, yeah, sort of continued down that path of playing. And as you do, you kind of go, hey, this DMing thing doesn't look that hard. <laughs> yeah, what an idiot. And. Um, so I decided to DM a game or two, and that actually took me into building up a bit of a my own homebrew world, and you know, a bit of bit of background and all that sort of jazz. Which is, which we ended up playing with a group of people from work. That started off with, yeah, um, Cam actually, who voices Arlen in Guild of Adventurers. He oh, okay. uh, was DMing um, the starter set for D and D fifth edition, right?
2: Mm-hmm. With
3: five or six people from work. And we tried this about three or four times, you know, with a few different people. We tried it never really took off. And I sort of went, well, look, if no one's really committed to it, do, do you want me to you – know, I've got a bit of a homebrew idea. Do you want me to kick it off? So I grabbed those guys that were playing and, and we played for a few sessions. And then it eventually just morphed into Mike and Bernie, Cam and Rachel. And, and mm-hmm. I work with Mike and Cam and have done for the past 11 years years with Mike and, and sort of six or seven with Cam. Um, so we sort of know each other quite well from that point of view. And we said, well, look, you know, you, you do your wives and, well, at the time, uh, girlfriend for Cam, uh, do, you know, do your wife and girlfriend want to come and play and do that sort of jazz? So, um, yeah, we all started sort of just getting together and having dinner and playing a bit of D&D and doing all that sort of stuff. But this story that we were playing, it it sort of turned into a pretty, pretty fun, storytelling moment and and that's i mean that was always my style of playing less about the you know hey what dice do i have to roll to you know determine this status effect on you know when all of that's fun and makes the game interesting but i'm much more interested in yeah the story and and you know people's reactions to a story event unfolding rather than you know what a dice says necessarily so Mm -hmm. with we played this played this story for a while, and it was really good fun. Turns out that that's actually a bit of a precursor to what turned into Guild of Adventurers, um, and I've got these grand ideas of turning that D and D campaign we did probably three or four years ago now into into a novel for um, as a as a yeah prelude to to the story that we've got at the moment. So um, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I was, I'm. I'm. It's a work in progress, but it's getting there. It's getting there. But uh, at at that time, uh, one of one of the guys at work, Jared, who was playing in that campaign with us, um, he is a fantastic guy, and he was he's very much into sound. Um, you know, he wrote his own music, um, and yeah, he's a he's a really good guy. I'll, I'll grab his contact details if anyone wants to check him out on SoundCloud and a few other sort of bits and pieces. He uh, he DJs around Perth locally, uh, goes to a few events and does does bits and pieces there. Yeah, mm-hmm. really interesting guy, and. He and I were having a chat, big podcaster, big, a yeah, big podcast listener as well. So, um, you know, we were having a bit of a chat and we kind of said, hey, we really like listening to podcasts. Do you reckon we could try making one? He had a bunch of friends with some microphones with a bit of recording kit and we thought, hey, you know what? We could probably do something along the lines of d d Now, this was just after I'd been listening to shows yeah, moving away from shows like uh, you yeah, like lo- like stuff you should know and, and the 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 chat shows, and mm-hmm. more into audio drama, more into storytelling. Things right. like yeah, you're you welcome to Night Vale or oh, the, the Leviathan Chronicles, those sorts of things, which are just you know, really really deep audio dramas. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, still listen to a few of the other things. I, I was one of the first members for um, uh, Astonishing Legends which is a um, couple of guys who sit there and just chat about all of those weird, you know, Bigfoot, Yeti, those, those kind of things, you yeah, know, aliens. It, it's, it's, yeah, really a bit of, bit of fun. Um, and at that same time, I was listening to The Adventure Zone, which, yeah, is the, the uh, McElroy brothers, um, mm-hmm. yeah, playing a game of d and I really liked the way they did that in, in a big storytelling way that was... As I said, more focused on the story, less on the the dice rolls and the the nerd knobs of how to make it uh, how to make it a fun game. Right. And yeah, and it was from that I sort of went, you know what? There's no sort of no real Nazis here. They just want to have a bit of fun, and that's what I enjoy with it. So I sat down with Jared and sort of mapped out a bit of a storyline. We came up with a few ideas. We thought, you know what? Let's give it a, give it a shot. Let's see what happens. And before you know it, we kind of decided to start recording you know, Guild of Adventurers as a D&D podcast. But sort of, you know, we were looking at that and going, well, what do, what do we call ourselves? What do we do? How do we, how do we make it work? And we came, up, we came up with the idea of rather than just focusing on a single podcast, which was all we were really planning on doing to start with,
0: we're well, just Guild Adventurers, right?
3: Yeah, correct. Correct. What if we turn around and go, We wanna do more? Yeah, we we, we wanna do more podcasts, we wanna try and build a build a brand or all that sort of stuff. Not from a monetary point of view, not from a you know, we, we wanna become massive and popular, but you know, what if we actually really like doing this and it's a lot of fun and we find we have more time than what we thought, which you know, is a joke. And um you yeah, know, we wanna do more and more things. Yeah, you know, we need more of a brand than just a and d specific, you know, sort of brand name. Right. So we we kind of played around with a few ideas and decided to, you know, we landed on "Hail and Well Met as a, you know, a ye olde way of introducing yourself that is kind of very much leaning into that fantasy sort of, you know, play of... Can, you know, can I just stop
0: the... you right there? I have... Well, yeah. I'm... A... <clears throat> First of all, it's a beautiful name. That was one of the things that did strike me. I was like, wait, you're telling me that the name, the company name, I think it was like when Eli was explaining to me, is Hail and Well Met. Like, yeah. Unlucky Charm is going to be with Hail and Well Met. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, There's, that's, it's it's going to be hard to top that with a whole lot of them. <laughs> um, so who exactly came up with the Hail and Well Met name for that? Like you know, how did that come? Like I know you said you guys were, were just brainstorming one, but but yeah. like if you can remember play by play, how did that like come into perception for that?
3: So there is a, um, as I said, I, I was somewhat fairly heavily influenced by the Adventure Zone at the time, and there mm. is one of the one of the characters, um, um Taco, a wizard, a chef wizard, because because why not? um he he says i can't remember exactly how he says it but it's something along the lines of you know um hail hey dude and you know yeah uh, hail hey, hey dude well met this morning or something something along those lines mm-hmm. and i went oh yeah that's that's kind of like a fun like it was just a passing thing in one episode you know halfway through their their show and right. um when it came down to sitting there yeah, brainstorm a few ideas. Um, I was sitting there with Jared, and sort of went, "Well, I want something that's open. Yeah, I want, want something that, that's that's opening and and friendly and introducing." So we were sort of, "Yeah, how do we? In, yeah, how do we build some sort of, you know, hi or welcome or yeah, something like that?" And and we played around with ideas of of. Oh to be honest, I can't remember it was that long ago now. It was a good three or four years ago that we was sort of started talking about it. But uh we we played around with a few you know, the the general greetings kind of kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And mum my mum had she does a lot of family history. And right. I remember we, we, we'd we sat down, jo't and I had sat down for for an afternoon, you know, we spent half an hour sort of brainstorming a few ideas. And you know, we I remember going to like um uh, you know, dictionary.com and synonym.com, that sort of stuff, and and typing in, like, hello, and just seeing what, what the other words are. And I remember hail coming up as sort of a way of greeting, you know, hail mm-hmm. kind of thing. I went, oh, yeah, that sounds kind of, uh, you know, fantasy, I- in that sort of fantasy realm, you know, Roman sort of era, um, you know, move away from sort of, you know, Nazi Germany, but uh, okay, cool. Um, <laughs> and... Um, I went over to see my mum that afternoon, just uh yeah, sort of passing through and she I, I was talking to her about the name and, and this sort of stuff and she said, Oh yeah, I was uh I was going through some newspapers and one of your ancestors made this comment of uh yeah, he 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 was quoted in a in a newspaper article or something like that saying, Hail fellow and well met
0: Oh, that's um, cool. Which
3: yeah, which apparently was a you know, one of the ways that you would just greet each other, yeah, hail fellow right, and well right. met. So I went, hang on, and, and and it all sort of clicked. It was one of those moments of everything just clicks nicely together. Where I remembered back to the Adventure Zone episode where he goes, Hail, Dude, and Well Met. Um, and Mum's saying, Yeah, Hail, Fellow, and Well Met. And I sort of went, Well, let's take out the Fellow and Dude and that sort of stuff and just go with Hail, and Well Met. Mm-hmm. And came back came back into work the next day, sat down with Jared and said, Right, I've got the name. It's Hail, and Well Met. Because then we can introduce every episode or every show as you know, hail and well met, welcome to this particular show or Right. Yeah, you know, and, and that sort of piece. And you know, we both sort of went, you know what, it just it just worked. Rolled off the tongue nicely. It didn't have any uh hard P's or Bs that make it quite awkward in uh you know in, in podcasting and, and audio recording for to sort of pops and uh editing. So um we went, well yeah, okay, let's let's go do it. So um sat down and, and we, we we kind of designed a bit of a logo you know we sort of thought this the shield motif around the outside you know it, again is all fantasy kind of thing and, and like a crest you know for mm-hmm. the lack of a better way to do it um you know and we thought you could sort of do the do the, the name across the top like you would on a, on a family crest and we thought, well, what do we put in the middle it's got to be audio related right because that's that's what this is and yeah, we weighed up and wrestled with the do we put a microphone or not because every podcasting group has got some sort of microphone or headphones or something <laughs> in there and we went you know what yeah there's a reason that's cliched it's because it has that ring of truth and and that ring of, of well that's that's just what it is it's cliched and stereotyped because it is what this this uh yeah this this mechanism this this medium is all about right so, well, let's right. let's just do it Let's pick a microphone that we like, and and sure enough, it's that it's that yeah that classic Elvis style microphone that's there. Which <laughs> I haven't got one yet. It's on my wish list of um, microphones. The Shaw SM55 I think is the number. Um, yeah, mm. if anyone's got a spare three to five hundred dollars Australian, uh, yeah, that'd be great. Just send it my way, and I'll buy one. But, um... <laughs> um...
0: <laughs> There's a so <laughs> I don't mean to interrupt, but before I forget on that one, uh, there's a, a store here, um, local, uh, well not localish. I would, you know what, I'm just gonna be honest. It's TJ Maxx for anyone listening. Yeah, yeah. Um, but our local TJ Maxx, uh, which Brendalyn has a habit of like, that's her favorite place to get like anything. Like I should you know, we were in Target the other day, and she needed like makeup wipes or some shit. I'm like, all right, we'll go get them, put them in the car. let's get them. And she's like, no, nah, they'll be cheaper at TJ Maxx. Like that's her go-to for like anything. And the other day, I (laughs) happened to walk in with her after that, like that same day. I was like, all right, fuck it. Let's go. They had a microphone similar to what you're talking about. But uh, it was like one of those like um, is a part of like a table where they have various random gift items for like your dad or your like a late gift item kind of thing.
1: (laughs) And it's like it's like
0: a Bluetooth one for your phone and I was like, man. I bet the thing sounds like utter trash. I'm like, I really want to take a picture of this or buy it for Mike. And I feel like just giving this to Mike would be the funniest thing I've ever
3: seen. <laughs> He'd cringe hard, I think. <laughs> 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 oh man, no, I, I, I do want one. They look awesome, and I they, don't think uh, really do. I don't think they'd suit what we need at all in the recording studio. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I don't care. They look good. But um, yeah, so we, we kind of got into it and we, we sort of progressed from there into figuring out, well, who do we want? And I mean, that was a, that was, that was a really tricky part, sort of trying to figure out, um, uh, you know, who we would like as, as characters here. And right. yeah, I, we, we struggled struggled a lot with, with who to ask because it's not just a case of, hey, do you want to play a quick game of D&D? It's are you willing to commit to the next Potentially, well, at that point in time, I'd mapped out in my mind, and, I'm, you know, no spoilers for, for future episodes, but... Um, mm. <clears throat> sorry. I'd mapped out in my mind seven distinct story arcs, which I didn't know at the time exactly how long each story arc would take to get through, um, but I'd averaged sort of 10 to 15 episodes per story arc based on the content that I would, I'd like to get through um and we seem to be sort of on track at around the 12 episodes per per story arc at this point and we're up to about episode 19 at this stage so yeah we're sort of almost almost through the second story arc a few more episodes and, and that will be complete so asking people hey are you willing to commit the next five to seven years of your life to recording a show together is mm-hmm. not an easy one to do um Feel yeah, you. i've talked to a... <laughs> yeah yeah, we talked to a few people, um, including even the guys at Astonishing Legends. I, I actually um I, I sent a quick random, you know, Twitter DM to one of the guys and just, you know, hey, I followed you guys from the start, so I, I sort of saw your journey in developing from two guys sitting down chatting into this somewhat massive, you know, following and of and, and podcast that you run at the moment. Do you have any advice for someone looking to start one up? And he made a couple of comments. One was sort of try to be as regular with your episode release as possible and sorry everyone for for failing that one miserably at the moment. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the other one was was make sure you're doing a podcast with someone that you can not just stand to be in the same room as, but, you know, that you've proven you can spend significant amounts of time with over a number of years. Otherwise, right. you're going to end up hating the process and hating the whole thing. Exactly. So, yeah, so that's when we sort of went, well, who should we voice this? And it, it worked out nicely because we'd, we'd just been doing a – a D and D session with, as I said, with with Cam and Mike, um, both of which, yeah, we'd done that for two years, and so okay, we managed to get together pretty much once a month for two years to do that. So it's just a continuation of that piece. But it was finding that third person. We thought this, yeah, two is not enough to do a D and D campaign. We need a third. Jared w- didn't really want to uh, to voice. He was more interested in doing the audio side of things at that point in time, um, and but he he actually knew someone who. He thought would be quite interested, um, and we sort of went, "Well, uh, who is it? Do they have any D and D experience? All that sort of stuff." And he goes, "No, look, it's it's a friend of uh, a friend of someone that that I met a few times who played a couple of you know D and D sessions with us. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, was was his brother." Um, and I said, "Oh, I, okay, who is he?" He said, "Oh, look, he's coming back from from England. He's been over there for uh, five years or something at that point um, doing." Uh, training in in theater and you know um, yeah you know, production work like that right I mean, oh okay so he'd be up for doing a bit of you know role play d d sort of stuff and he goes absolutely like he, he that's com- so much down his alley that um you know, that he'd be yeah he'd be be all up for it so no, do let's let's not just jump in and say yeah go for it let's you know get him over and we'll have a chat and see if he's happy to happy to do that. So we, we caught up with, with Callum, who voices tell Silver, the half-elf rogue in, in Guild of Adventurers. And, well, you know the end of the story, right? He decided that he, he'd like to do it, and we thought he would be a fantastic fit. And sure enough, you know, lo and behold, he uh, you know, we, we got him on board. And we thought that was a really good element, because we've got Cam, who, who's who been playing D&D for decades, right? He, he knows knows the rules backwards and forwards, and he's, he's the guy that, you know, if you're listening to episodes, and and uh, we usually do a fairly decent job of cutting a lot of this out to keep it, you know, in theme or or in 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 world for the episode. But uh, there's a lot of cut content that goes on the on the the floor of the room when I uh, turn to Cam and go, "Hey, is that a this role or is that a that role, or what page of the book is that thing on, or hey, how do you normally deal with that sort of problem?" You know, whenever we hit a particular thing, because I know full well that Cam's got the answer to that at the top of his head without having to really worry about it. So we've got Cam who knows all that. We've got Mike and and myself who have been playing for a few years, but D&D isn't sort of ingrained in us. We don't have decades of experience. It's only been a few years. And then we have Callum who literally had never played a game of D&D before in his life. So um, I thought it was a good mix of experience and newness that gives a bit of it oh, gives a bit of realism to it and, and, and hopefully lets people that listen uh, or, or sort of expands the potential audience of people that listen to anyone who's got the experience and can you know, can sort of sit there and go, yeah, no, Cam's right, that, that, that's the rule that would apply here and that's how you would deal with that, through to someone who's never really played D&D before, which is how I came into D&D podcasting, someone who's you know, really fresh, never really played, um, and who can sort of empathise with where Callum is and go, well, yep, he's clearly not got decades of experience behind him. And that's okay, because he's still having fun.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, so, we, yeah, we got, got those group of people together, um, sat down, started recording on definitely not the kit that we've got now. It was borrowed microphones, borrowed recording setups. Um, in the in the office of where my cam and myself work, um, We the first few recording sessions, we kind of uh, – in fact, the first first couple of episodes of Guild, I, I would like to think that you can absolutely hear the quality of the recording go up significantly compared with uh, sorry, recording quality from the early episodes is significantly worse than <laughs> the later episodes. Yeah, we're in the, we're in a, a fairly echoey room in our office. Mm-hmm. Versus um, even even three or four episodes later, we started. We have moving blankets in the office when we when we move uh, IT equipment around um hey guess what we're in it right so yeah more n- more nerd than, than ever before um yeah so we hang up some um moving blankets around around the room which helped to sort of
0: dampen the sound hold on wait when you say um office you don't mean your recording studio at home you mean like <coughs> at your work you yeah. guys um oh that's cool your so your work must be like really lenient with you guys because i mean um You know, I, I know, you know, uh, uh, a few things of, you know, uh, with, um, with a lot of things you guys have talked about over the two years of, uh, things you, you know, you guys that they you know do for you, you know, um, as a company and i am just, I mean, it sounds like you work with some really good people or work for some really good people if they let you do that in their own, (laughs) own office.
3: I mean, it's one of the perks of, yeah, there's there's good and bad things of working for a, a small company, but we're only 20 people. Um, and, you know, I mean, Mike sits next to the business owner, and I'm, well, as of yesterday, I actually moved my desk next to him on the other side, actually. So, <laughs> um, you know, we, we, it's a pretty close-knit team, and we, we are pretty, um, you know, on pretty good terms with everyone in the office, right? So, when we sort of, uh, sort of say, say to the boss, hey, this Saturday, we wanted to do some podcast recording, the answer is just, clean up after yourselves you know don't oh, uh, that's cool. you know don't make a mess and yeah no they've been they've been really good and we've uh you know we've we've we use their we use the, the works office we use the company's office for a good well probably a good year to be honest year or more mm. um and and each time we'd go and grab the grab the moving blankets we had hooks and uh, clips and clamps set up that we'd sort of mount around the ceiling and um yeah put these things up so that it helped dampen the sound a bit which which worked a lot but um yeah even still you'd yeah the room would get quite hot at times having five people sitting in a room that you've put blankets up around yeah kind of oh, I, I can,
0: in quite a lot i can imagine that
3: <laughs> yeah so um you know that, there were moments where we kind of uh hey let's get together at five we'll do an hour and then we'll uh yeah we'll stick the aircon up really high and uh leave the room for for an hour while we go grab dinner and um, hope it cooled down and got rid of the uh the guys stink um Mm. you know so that we can stand being in there which was even more important when we we got um cam's still girlfriend at that point in time i think for the first first few bits that she's a a part of um yeah we, we got cam's girlfriend in. we didn't want her to be completely you know overpowered by five guys worth of bo and and yeah musky scent um, so we made sure we had regular breaks and tried to, uh, yeah, minimise the uh, the the horrific nature of what that uh, what that room used to used to be like. But um, while we were going through all of that recording, I was actually in the process of building a house, um, which is where this recording studio is at the moment. And we, um, yeah, we sort of decided with with this house build that uh, next to our master bedroom, we have this room off to the side. It's it's stored off. It's away from most of the rest of the house, and it was designed as a nursery. Um, at that point in time, we had I, I we had two kids, um, two daughters, and mm-hmm. um, we were you know, planning on having a third. So we thought oh, it'd be great to have a nursery next to the master bedroom. You know, we could. Uh, yeah, put put the baby in there and you know not not have to worry that they're gonna get woken up by the other kids They're still close by so if we've got to get up in a hurry, you know We're not traipsing through the whole house to get there and um, You know, we got to a point where we sort of went. Uh, yeah, okay, that's fine uh, built the house moved in My wife is uh, she does a lot of craft and uh, she has a, a room dedicated to her craft a nice big one that she can uh, you know, Go and do a bit few bits and pieces in
2: Hmm.
0: Uh, um, Amy's. Uh, I've I've seen the name. Amy's. Uh, what's? Can you remember the name of? It? I know it's Amy yeah. something. Uh,
3: it's A- Amy Baby Creations. So she makes. Um, well, she 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 used to sit there and make make bibs and and bits and pieces for our kids, and she's mm. like, this is actually quite it's quite soothing, quite enjoyable to do, uh, quite relaxing. And she's like, well, yeah, do you reckon I could I could sell them? Of course you could. Yeah, so she jumped on Etsy and other sites like that and um, and you know after five minutes sort of realized hang on people are selling these things for you know for ridiculous amounts of money you know she I remember she said to me at one point there's this bib and it's25 dollars and I sort of went, oh, okay that seems a lot of money you know, especially when you can go to target and buy them for five mm-hmm. you know, Um she so yeah, I mean, it's handmade and it's, it's, you know, it's a nice pattern and it's a nice nice fabric that they've used, but $25 is ridiculous. So right. she uh, sort of looked at how much it had cost her to do it and, you know, put a, put a markup on there to make it worthwhile the effort. She sort of said, well, I could probably sell these things for about $10 a piece. Well, mm-hmm. go do it. Have, you know, mm-hmm. see what happens. And sure enough, she's, um, you know, she's got the Setsi store sitting there. Um, you know, she's still doing just mainly bibs at this point, but she's got three or four different designs. Um, you know, heaps of different fabrics. She's got uh, she started doing a whole range of different uh, different nerd sort of ones. You know, sort of assorted of Star Wars and Harry Potter and uh, there's a few Doctor Who ones in there as well, which is is very cool because uh, she's made a few and given them to our, uh, our our son who is now nine months old, which is which is crazy. So can, he's, uh, is he's it possible there. you
0: can uh, tell everyone his nickname because I still think it's the coolest thing
3: ever? <laughs> uh, oh, there's, a, there's a story behind that, but his his name is Indiana um, mm-hmm. or Indy, um, specifically mm-hmm. named after Indiana Jones. Which, when we tell people his name is Indiana, everyone sits there and goes, But isn't that a girl's name? And I went, Well, okay, A, what sort of world are we living in that, that we need to define names to genders? But okay, anyway. <laughs> um, I mean, with a name like Taran, myself. Yeah, you know, mm. I had that question growing up every five minutes. It's, that's a girl's name. Well, you know, is it? Is it? Because <laughs> I'm not a girl, you know, but, you know, I've got that name. So, okay. Um, but, yeah, so, um, he, yeah, his nickname is Indy after uh, after Indiana Jones, which um, was, incidentally, my dad's sort of favourite movie. So a little bit of a, yeah, a little bit of a, a, a thing, thing there as well. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, so... He uh, he sits there and wears these bibs. Unfortunately, I can't find any Indiana Jones fabric, which would be uh, which would be great. But uh, can't you just yeah, do
0: uh, like uh, this? Maybe signing everybody like whips. Just put like whips on there, and like maybe skulls. <laughs> would that be? where that count as it?
3: I'm pretty sure if you start searching for whip fabric, it might might go into a dark part of the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not suitable for know, uh, yeah, sub one year old uh, kids, right? <laughs>
0: that's still that's still awesome though that you know she gets to make that for her own child,
3: yeah, yeah, exactly, um, and yeah, he's a lot of fun wearing them he thinks they're fantastic, he sits there and just chews on them, and um <laughs> yeah, he, he obviously likes the bright colored ones right because know, yeah, they're a bit more entertaining for him, but um no, they're good fun yeah she's she's had some pretty good pretty good success there, and yeah, she sort of keeps pretty busy gets gets a few orders a week, um you know making these bibs and sending them out. I think she's only shipping into Australia at the moment, but uh, she's been looking into into international shipping. She's had a few people go, hey, can you ship it across the US or somewhere in Europe? And she's gone, well, I've not really looked into it because, you know, living in WA, in Perth, it's sort of the most isolated city in the world. So mm-hmm. shipping anything, anywhere. Um, well, I mean, I've, I've gone through that literally last week, shipping, well, yourself, any, and a few other people, of our, <laughs> our, our patrons. Uh, right. shipping you guys a bit of a christmas new year's thing from whoop, whoop. uh yeah from from us so uh that should be the tracking info says it's still in transit so sorry but um <laughs> <laughs> it I, probably won't be there know, for christmas
0: <coughs> i know i'm still uh I'm, i know if, i think we've had this talk like last year like i still don't have a kid but when i do get a kid i'm still gonna look out for that anchor bib
3: <laughs> definitely uh, but uh, no, shipping across to you guys and and anywhere in in the world from from WA is a bit of a nightmare. So um, and it's not cheap. It's um, yeah, you know, it's sort of a good good fifteen twenty dollars to ship anything. Which when you're talking about a bib that weighs you know, a hundred grams or mm-hmm. whatever that is in 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 non metric you know, weights, it's insane. Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of really. What do I have to pay that sort of money to ship something that honestly you wouldn't notice in 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 your in your packaging right it's sort of you know the, the thing you pack it in weighs more than the product that you're putting inside the package so right, um, right yeah but it is what it is so yeah so she's looking at doing that but um no, she's having a bit of fun which is all that all that really matters at the end of the day and that's you know that's why she started her piece up and that's why that's why i started up doing sort of podcasting because it was a bit of fun to do you know a chance to chance to make something be a bit creative mm-hmm. and, and you know put something out to the world and you know, see if anyone enjoys it. And I'll be honest, we, we kind of, um, you know, as, as we sort of progressed down the track a bit, yeah, you know, we did quite a lot of recording sessions before we released our first episode. We wanted to have some content in the background that we could, you know, spend the time editing. Um, right. And, and that was something that was pretty important to us. We wanted to make sure that it had a really good, or as best as we could, sound quality with the kit we had. Um, and and put the time and effort into making it a soundscaped audio drama not just a you know not just here's us recording around a table and, and the amount of the amount of dD specific podcasts that were um, you know a group of five guys sitting around their phone on a desk recording into a phone or, or a single microphone there that everyone's sharing the quality mm-hmm. of them you know while the stories and 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 the gameplay and the dming and, and the character world and uh, the character building and world building is, is brilliant the quality of them makes some of them makes makes it really hard to listen to and really hard to be immersed into whereas mm-hmm. we were going for much less focus on you know the D&D detail and much more focus on having an a more immersive you know compelling storyline that was built up with these sound effects and this music that would make it more like an audio drama more like something that you wanted to listen along to for the story yeah you know, because it's an interesting and engaging story and these characters are fun and oh man the way they dealt with that 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 particular problem was just you know insane i didn't expect anyone to do you know, that sort of thing is what we were looking for so um you know we, we were sort of focused on that quality as part of what what our value proposition kind of thing is out there into into this space um and that's that's what makes it fun for us as well you know it's sort of um you know makes it interesting and 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 an enjoyable experience is releasing something that you can be proud of you go this is the best effort that we could put into this and you know with the equipment that we had at the time and you know the access to resources that we had at that point it was they were the best that we could do so as we kept going um yeah, Jared sort of decided he, he, he's ended up um, moving on from, from where we work. Um, but before that, he, he sort of said, look, I'm, I'm going to take a bit of a back step. Um, and Mike sort of said, well, if you want, I can take over some of the audio specific work. Um, Mike has this habit of when he gets invested in, in, in a hobby, he goes all in. in
0: really <laughs> yeah, I, I, trust me, I know that. I've still <laughs> gotten over that whole, uh, hey guys, I guess what I'm about to buy, $800 program. <laughs>
3: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, um, Mike decided, hey, we we probably need to get our own kit. So mm. we um we had a little bit of Patreon money at that point in time, yeah, you know, a little, little bit put aside, and we decided, you know, with the basis of we would need to be buying something at some point in the future. We can't keep borrowing stuff. So we had been buying microphones um, that we could plug into the recording kit that that Jared had that we were borrowing from him on a fairly regular basis. We've so been buying a microphone say- here
0: and there. When you say recording yep. kit, um, do you mean like a program running on your computer or is there something else to recording that I've never heard of? Well, we – we, we, um,
3: yeah, we, we kind of – when we were doing all the research into what is a good podcasting setup for mm-hmm. multiple people, and that's the distinction, right? It's it's when – if you're doing a single microphone into – yeah, and, and, and that's all you really want because it's just you or it's you interviewing someone else and you can share a microphone, that sort of thing. You can get away with a laptop, a USB-connected microphone, or, or even, and, and I've got one of these myself, I, I went and bought a little microphone that plugs into your phone. Right. Um, and for, for one-on-one little recording things, or, oh, I need that little snippet, or, hey, that sound effect over there, you know, this frog croaking in that creek over there, I want to record that, it's, it's really good for those sort of things. But when you want to record more than two or three people, it gets really hard, to record it without investing in some, well, depending on what you want, good quality or bad quality, um, recording audio interfaces. So something Mm -hmm. that can take five or six inputs, five or six microphones, and put them into your computer to record. So Mike went and invested in a Focusrite um, eight-channel input uh, recording uh, device that's sitting about thirty centimeters 30 away from me at the moment. <laughs> I can, I've got it sitting there right there in this recording room, um, and that lets us have. At the moment, I've got five microphones plugged in. We can go up to eight, um, okay. and they all record on their own channel into this mixer. And that was important for us because we that lets us go and edit each channel independently of each other. There's always right. some some yeah. There's always some uh, some some leakage, I guess. Yeah, some, uh, recording. Into- <sighs> You gotta you well, out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and not just that, because I mean, I'm recording into this microphone in front of me now, but mm-hmm. directly in front of me about a metre and a half is another one that's admittedly facing the other direction, so it shouldn't pick up too much of my, my voice. But when we're recording in a room, that person is sitting over there on that side of the table recording into their mic, and I'm going into this one. So there's a little bit of bleed um, across the mics, but for the most part, I can go, hey, I'm on channel... Uh, where are we? I'm on channel seven and I've got, and that's blue because we've, we've color coded them all so that we don't forget which one's which, but I'm on channel seven on blue. I can go into the track that we're recording in, in Reaper, which is the software we use to record into. And I know that I can grab my audio from there and cut it mm-hmm. and I won't get too much bleed, like one or 2%, but I'll I'll get a little bit. But the rest of those other five channels, I can isolate them off and not have that come over. Which means when we get in D and D, especially because it is so not scripted, so chaotic. Um, when you get into, hey, that guy said something funny in the middle of a conversation that we were having. We want to keep that, but get rid of the conversation because it's not relevant. We can, yeah, we we can go and grab bits of audio that everyone might have been doing something at the same time, but we can grab bits of audio and cut them all together so that it sounds like it was a single flow of thought that that went through. Know, this this particular scene so yeah we, we've that that's meant though that we had to have a dedicated audio interface mm-hmm. um a dedicated uh headphone uh preamp that we can uh, plug everyone's headphones into so they can hear themselves and what everyone else is saying easily without without that getting mixed up and um and buying microphones so we we ended up finding we're trying to find a good balance of price and quality which yeah, talking with a few other people, we, Mike and I were chatting with, um, with Dwayne from uh, Manifestations, which is a, an Ostium podcast, um, and he's, he's sort of going through the process now. In fact, I think he's just bought something of what is that good balance between quality and price for, for audio <laughs> kit, and it's hard. It really is hard. Um, the only definitive answer I think anyone or that Mike and I can say to anyone is if, if you're in the market for a new microphone, Please do not purchase a Blue Yeti microphone. <laughs> the, <laughs> the, um, in fact, uh, we've got a recording standard sheet that we we've given out to people, and that's that's the first line. If you need to buy one, don't buy one of those. We've had some people that, that have got one and they've had no problems, and that's that's fine. But more and more, almost almost half the people we know that have had one or bought one or used one or sent auditions in with, that have clearly been recorded on one. It it just has this, this, well, it it has this, this noise, this interference noise at the hundred hertz range, um, which is editable out, but every time you've got to cut stuff out of an audio track, yeah, it reduces the quality of that track. So Mm. the idea is to get as clean a recording as possible every single time
2: Mm. and
3: not have to go and edit and cut stuff because A, it takes time to do that. But B, when you cut out, you know, a hundred hertz, range from from your audio, you've lost that. That's gone. Um, and if you need to cut that out because you've got noise at that range, well, sorry, you've lost any anything else that's in that range as well. Uh, but, yeah, these Blue Yeti microphones seem to have this consistent buzz sitting there around that 100 hertz range to the extent that one of the guys in the office, he was planning on uh, buying a new mic for his computer, he plays a bit of online mm-hmm. gaming, wanted to be able to chat with people. He said, mm-hmm. well, what mic should I buy? I went, well, here, here, there's an Audio Technica or we use these these SE... Uh...
0: Exactly what I have is Audio Technica. That's exactly yeah. what Mike recommended.
3: Yeah, oh, exactly, right? Uh, yeah, we use these SE microphones, but that means you've got to go and buy this interface, and now yeah, that you're up for hundreds of dollars there, but he's like, mm. no, no, I wanted to keep it around around a $100, $150 budget. So we went, well, look, whatever you do, don't buy a, don't buy a Blue, Blue Yeti. Right, you're going to have a bad experience. Don't do it. Did he right. listen? No, he did not. <laughs> he went and bought himself a Blue Yeti. Um, I even sent him through one of the auditions we had for Danson, I'm pretty certain. Might have mm. been unlucky, but I'm pretty sure it was Danson where someone had used a Blue Yeti. And we, we sort of, you know, I think when you and I were talking about it, we sort of said, look, we'll, we'll, we'll use that audio because it's good. Yeah, you know, it's good audio. It's a good character. It's a good voice. But we will need to make sure we cut that, you know, from, um, you know, cut that 100 hertz range to get rid of that noise, which is fine. Right. Um, but I sent him that audition said you know listen put your head turn your headphones up and just listen and sure Mm -hmm. enough he said oh yeah i can absolutely hear that i can hear that noise at that at that 100 hertz yeah that's quite annoying actually um and he's a little bit of an audiophile as well so i thought he'd appreciate look you know you don't want a microphone that has this hum going through it sure (coughs) enough he buys this blue yeti two days later he comes back in he goes i don't know why i didn't listen to you i've gone (laughs) and set this thing up and it's got this buzz mate i i don't know what else i can say to you, but but. I did tell you, yeah. You know, that was the only recommendation we made was don't buy that. Buy almost anything else, just not that. So he has been trying to sell this thing on on Gumtree, which is you know sort of a Australian-based, um, you know second-hand marketplace kind of thing.
0: Like like Craigslist.
3: Ka- yeah, kind of like a Craigslist, but you know less, you know, less rapey. Um Halo, yeah, one logo. You got
0: you guys should take the Elvis mic out and put a Blue Yeti in, and they just put, like, a no-smoking sign over it?
3: <laughs> I might change that for our recording standards <laughs> document. We will not support this. <laughs> but, yeah, he's been trying to sell that for the past three months because um, mm-hmm. he wants to try and make as much back that he, he paid for it, or at least as much right. as he can. So he doesn't want to make it, let it go for a ridiculous price because he's still going to go and buy a replacement anyway. But, um, yeah, so, no, we um, we, we kind of... Found what we thought was a good balance of microphones um, with these SE branded ones. Um, they seem to do a pretty good job. Well, I mean, you, you can make a decision on that, right? I'm recording on one of those at the moment in in, a, in this room. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Mike sort of um, Mike invested heavy in in all of this. You know, I think I bought one or two of these, probably two of these microphones that we use. He's bought the other three. He's bought the uh, audio interface. Uh, we're using one of his old Mac Minis um, that he went and specced up as our core recording device that the, that the data sits on and then syncs up to, uh, to own cloud, which is a, a shared syncing thing, like a Dropbox or a Google Drive kind of thing. But that's sitting on one of his um, you know, NASs, one of his storage arrays that he's got sitting there. So he's, um, he's put a lot of yeah, money and a lot of time and effort into getting this quality-wise to a point where, well, to where we are now um i feel like i've kind of let that let that team down a lot (laughs) mike's done a lot of that himself (laughs) but uh all i've done is um i've stolen what was the nursery in this new house that we built i Mm -hmm. i I said to amy i said look uh if you get your craft room i want a space for myself right well you've got you've got a portion of the study you know you've got half the study that's yours you can you can you can you know set your computer up in there i said yeah but i can't can't record in there because the kids are there and you're there and you know, there's noise and I can't soundproof that space. And she goes, so what you're telling me is you want the nursery? Go, well, <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Move out
0: away, <of> the way, <laughs> <laughs> so, um
3: So, yeah, the recording room is officially called the nursery because um, that's where great ideas are born, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and at the moment, I've gone and mounted uh, curtain rails around all four, all four walls. And mm-hmm. I have... Um, uh, quilts and sheets and, uh, other, other sort of bits and pieces, um, all hooked up around there. So it, it makes this room as close to a sound dampened audio room in a studio that you'd be getting. The only thing that we've, we've talked about is putting some blankets across the roof to, uh, to dampen that as well. But, uh, I think
0: it's probably um, overkill. That kind of reminds me, uh, (coughs) Charlotte Norup, who's, who was on here previously, she, uh, when her and I first started talking outside of dancing about uh you know, about all sorts of call uh calling darkness and, you know, personalized stuff and um yeah. one of the things we were talking about is when I was buying a mic, I, her and I were discussing it and she was showing me a picture where before she has her nice setup she had now, she would um <coughs> she had a box and she stuck blankets in. And yes. if I remember right, which I might be trashing it the way I'm I'm pretty sure she sat it on a chair and so she would have to squat in the uh in front of the chair with her mic, don't know what mic she' was using, but she would squat in front of the chair with her mic and stick her head in the box to record uh most of her dialogue, if not all of it <laughs> and oh, she she's I... she still she still has like the setup 'cause uh or at least she had a picture of it when she showed me uh because you know it just it just shows you know where she came from and where she is now on her on her acting and and how she records
3: yeah, no, that's amazing i know um we 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 were doing something similar for not, not when we were doing it as a group because hmm. it, was, it would have been too hard, but when we were doing just one or two lines or, or when I would need to go and uh, record episode intros or, or that sort of piece at home before I had this recording set up, I, um, <clears throat> I'd done something similar where we'd gone and um, bought a you know, plastic tub, you know, sort of a 60-litre yeah, sort of tub, um, and lined the inside of that with, with the foam that you use for, you know, with acoustic foam. You know, it's sort mm. of like hot glue gunned acoustic foam around the sides and the back. Drilled a hole through the back to uh, feed a, a mic cable through and, um, you know, would stick that on the dining room table and talk into this. You have a microphone sitting at the back of there and, and talk into that, which was less than ideal. Yeah, it sort of didn't give you full a full 360 around you sort of dampening. It would be better to stick your head in the box and make that would work better. But um, but it was... I, I Honestly, I am... Continually surprised by how, what was about a thirty-dollar, yeah, plastic box with some foam, and it wasn't acoustic foam that I bought. It was um, it was a bed roll, yeah, a bit of foam bed roll that I bought that I I'd glued to the inside of this thing. So it was far from, you know, professional. But um, yeah, I, I would use that to recording to, and it, the amount of reverb it, it dampens is stupidly impressive. So you don't. Need I mean to, to get into this into this space? You don't need yeah you know, a recording room like I've got. You don't need ex- expensive audio interfaces, especially if it is just one person. You can absolutely get away with you know, a yeah a non-branded you know forty or fifty dollar USB microphone that you can plug into your computer and right yeah and and what we've found is it's so much more important to record in a space that is conducive to recording. So something that doesn't have a lot of echo and reverb to it, something that is quiet, that you don't have street noises coming in. And, and when people ask us, we, when we sort of go, hey, do you want to record a line for, for shorts for us? Or you know, do you want to be a part of Dancing or Unlucky Charm or, or another show that we've got coming up? And, and they sort of say, yeah, but I don't have a good recording set up and I, I don't think I can come down to your recording studio that, re- that regularly because I do live about an hour south of, of Perth city. So it's a big, big drive for anyone to come down, um, and we sort of say, "Look, that's that's fine. Here is my little portable mic that you can plug into your phone. That's, you know, probably 70% of the quality of what the recording studio mics are, but it's still better than, you know, it's better than your normal microphone in your in your in your phone. Um, and and go stand in your closet, or go stand in your wardrobe. Stick it up there, hold it up in front of you, and and just talk into your clothes." Um, And that's that is probably that gets you to about probably eighty percent of the quality that you would get compared with setting up an entire room, an entire space, and dedicating, you know, soundproofing and going through all of that effort for the sake of you know, and that sort of process is is hundreds, if not thousands of dollars to do. So yeah, and you're only getting ten or twenty percent better quality out of it. So it's very much a you don't need to spend a lot of money and a lot of time to create
0: something using this medium mm-hmm. so yeah um <laughs> so you you know you got you got your nice setup you know as we discussed you got you got and <laughs> well met you got your name you got gillard Adventures on his feet your wife's doing her baby stuff i mean things yeah. are going great yeah. so i guess the next question is where does shorts podcast come from yeah where, where so, did, how did that roll into the picture
3: so you know it was around the same time that mike started taking over a lot of the audio editing and a lot of the audio production side of things heavily um you know he's sort of more of the uh, i guess technical head mm. of, of Hale and well met whereas probably i lean more into the you know, i guess the creative side of things the writing and the uh yeah the doing doing more of the sound effects sort of things although not exclusively mike does so much of that himself and he's he he, compl- he continually says that he's not a creative guy, and then he comes up with these amazing sounds or these amazing ideas, and I'm like, mate, you are, yeah, you, know, you put me to shame every time. But um, you know, um, it was around that time where he was starting to do that, where with two of us dedicated to doing this now as, as our core hobby, we sort of went, we think we've probably got more bandwidth to, you know, to do this. Yeah, you know, we can probably knock out more episodes than what we thought, and we weighed up whether or not we start releasing Guild on a fortnightly basis. Um, and we, we thought to ourselves, "Yeah, you know, do we do we make the jump? It's a it's a commitment that once we start, we have to continue. We can't we can't sort of drop back to a month monthly release schedule afterwards exactly. if we find it's too much." Um, and we thought, "Well, what are the what are the side effects and consequences of doing that?" And ultimately, it was we will need to get, you know, Cam. Callum, Mike, me, and any guest voices for the characters that we've got, you know, coming into the show, which at the time was Rachel and in the current story arc is my brother Seth, we would need to get their commitment to doing it a lot more regularly and a lot more frequently as well. And I don't know if you've ever played D&D or if you've tried to DM D&D especially, but trying to get player commitment (laughs) is, uh, is probably the single hardest thing to do. Coming up with stories, yeah, that's fine. There's generators for that online. Yeah, you know, um, figuring out what, what monsters they're going to face again. Yeah. Just p- p- random pick a page from your book and away you go. I,
0: I think I, I found like, a room. sorry, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go for it. I was say I think I found like the most, uh, I wouldn't say painful, the most like, uh, I guess ending thing for me when it comes to campaigns is cause I've never DM one. I've started one. Like I literally had, I was like, all right, I'm going to write a story. It's going to be called the quest for the golden anus. And it was a statue of an ass. I swear to God, I got like one map drawn, and I was like, "All right, this is too much." But um, <laughs> out of all the campaigns I've ever played, the biggest issue is keeping it going. Like, yeah. you play a few sessions, and then either there's some reason somebody can't meet up, uh, eventually things are falling apart. You know, and it's not ever really one person's fault, but like finishing a campaign seems to be like the biggest struggle when I, the campaign, the all the ones that I've ever been in,
3: it really is it really is unfortunately um, and that was that was going to be the potential challenge if we wanted to try and make it fortnightly would be getting everyone together together twice as frequently and everyone's got their own commitments you know they're not all yeah you know, they're not all family commitments but everyone's got their own commitments and other things that they like to do with their life it's not not all about me and my podcast it's about everyone and you know what they've got to do so rather than trying to force people to meet up more frequently we thought well why don't we try something else as well? run two in parallel to each other? Still release both of them monthly, but do them on the off fortnight so that we we are still releasing fortnightly our shows plural. but um, yeah, but but we do do a different show. So we played around with a few ideas. Um, we thought we talked about maybe doing a, another d and d style campaign. Yeah, maybe a series of, of one-shots, so each episode is its own own story. Um, we thought maybe we could do that and link it into Guild of Adventurers, but do it with different people so that we're not, you know, we're not, um, you yeah, know, committing to the same story, story arc. We could sort of have it run in parallel. And that was a cool idea, but um, I kind of, I'll be honest, I kind of turned around and said, yeah, but that requires a whole lot of writing on my part, especially if we <laughs> want to try and tie it into the story. Um, and as you can imagine, right, yeah. You know, finding time to write and write well is, is not easy.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Fully uh, understand that hundred percent.
3: Yeah. So uh, we, we thought, well, how do we, how do we get around that? How do we stop having to write our own stuff exclusively? Yeah. Um, and, and I was sitting there going, I mean, as, as I'm sure you do, Mm -hmm. I've got a folder sitting there with about a billion unfinished story ideas. Mm. -hmm. Um, and I thought, well, I could turn, I mean, most of them are ideas for, for massive novels, right? You know, trilogies or, or, you know, a 10, 10 novel series of, of a story kind of thing. It's never going to happen, right? It's just, it's never going to happen. We all know that. Stop, stop living in a dream. But I thought to myself, a lot of those could be turned into short stories without a whole lot of effort. Yeah. There's enough content and idea there that you could turn that into a short story pretty quickly. I, Mm -hmm. I said to Mike, it would be quite cool to do short stories. Treat them as just right. a, an anthology where they're not linked. They're not, you know, it can, you know there's, there's no linkage between stories, but have just a, a new story. Treat it as a pure audio drama. It's scripted. It's there. You, we, uh, we can get you know, Mike, myself, Bernie, you know, Amy as well. If, if, you know, if she has the inkling to, to, to record lines, not that she's it's not something that, that she gets enjoyment out of. So she's done a few for me, but uh, only when needed. Um, you know, we could see if Cam and Rachel, my brother, my sister-in-law, yeah, the friends, family, um, you know, around the place, uh, see if Callum wants to do any more lines. Yeah, we thought, oh, okay, that gives us a lot more flexibility. And we thought, yes, but where are we going to get stories from? Yeah, you know, where are we going to? And then we thought, well, I've got this folder of short stories that I'd love to try and sort of turn into something. I'm sure mm-hmm. everyone else does, and I'm sure they're in the same position that I am, where you know, you're never going to do it yeah you know, you're never going to go and publish that short story because it's a short story no one no one publishes a single short story you know, at best you might go and work with a group of other people and get them published in their own anthology or, or collection of short stories and that but you're probably never going to bother putting the effort together to to do it so I said I'm sure there's probably thousands of people out there in the world probably millions that have got a story that they're never going to do anything with that given the opportunity they would love to see it out there in the public. So we thought, well, why don't we try and say to people, hey, if you've got a story, you share that with us and we will try and turn it into an audio drama that you're that you're happy with. Yeah, that you that you listen to and go, Yep, they've done a great job and hey, this is my story. This is the thing that I've I've created something and yeah, it's an audio drama now that, that Hal and Wellmet has made. But right. that's my story that's out there, and you can point people to it and go, "You want to hear my story that I've written? It's over there. Go listen to it. I think it's great." Um, and it was more more about showcasing, you know, talent that's out there that people have. You know, the, the effort that everyday people and 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 I, I kind of made a call at the start when when talking with Mike, I didn't want to put stories out there that are written by uh you know a scriptwriter that's been in the industry for forty years that you know that that has published dozens of stuff you know globally and is known mm. in the industry and I, I kind of wanted to avoid those sort of people not not because they're not good people you know they're great people and I'm sure if someone said hey i've got this you know this script that i'd love you to do we'd we'd probably say yes to it, but I want to go and ask those people who are like me that are, have always wanted to do something but have never really felt they've had an opportunity to do something
0: that's when you know Eli and uh myself and even Kate and everyone else came in the picture too
3: yeah yeah because I mean we, we jumped out there and and um went on on Reddit to start with put it up uh put a request out for a few you know, on a few subs which um look some were really responsive some you know some sort of groups we sort of put out there and went look this is a collaborative thing we're not looking to you know I i as as an artist in our own rights we appreciate that that exposure is not payment and that's not what we're looking you know that's not the argument we're staying here we're not we're not saying oh we'll give you exposure for your story because you know and we're going to make money off the back of your story but you get paid in exposure no 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 we we don't make you you, you and i've had this chat right we don't make money mm. off podcasting as much right, as that would be yeah. a nice future to, to be in um we do not make money you know, our, our Patreon money that we get in there well I'd like to say it covers the bills it doesn't yeah you know, it, it kind of covers some of the bills that we have on a monthly basis um especially when we go and make christmas presents for people um and you know we'll release all of what that looks like publicly once everyone's got it but mm. when you get it you'll see that um you know those sort of things are not cheap <laughs> um and and you know we're definitely not we didn't start doing podcasting with the intent of being able to make a living from it, to be able to right. make money from it, make profit from it at the end of the day. So, um, and we made that very clear when we put stuff up onto Reddit to start with, we said, look, this isn't a, a paid <laughs> thing. Um, you know, this isn't a commercial engagement. All we are really looking for is if you've got a story that you've always wanted to do something with, but have never had the, you felt you've never had the opportunity to, to turn it into something else. We're giving you that opportunity we're not going to charge you to do it. We'll just do it because we have fun doing podcasting and making audio dramas. But on the flip side, we're not going to pay you for your story. So if that's not for you, then that's not for you. Uh, that got a few people's noses out of joint. Um, and <laughs> we, there are a few um, few sort of epic, uh, you know, arguments that people made to us uh, on Reddit, unfortunately. Um, you know, that they were quite, quite,
0: quite really nasty. Really become... for their work?
3: Yeah, yeah. And, and sort of, I 100% agree that, Artists and creative people should be getting paid you know, shouldn't be taken advantage of
2: not, right, not should right. be
3: getting paid you know i mean if if you want to do something because you enjoy doing it, don't go into <laughs> it with the intent of making money, kind of like thing. Fan um, unless art. yeah, yeah, do it, do it for art's sake, but if you want to make money off your art, if that's what your intention is, that's fantastic, and you should be able to do that so hundred percent agree you know artists should be paid. If if or if you're approached for something, and your reply is I'm happy to give you this I'm happy to give you my creativity and my skill set for a price, the answer should not be Oh I'll pay you with exposure. 100% agree with that. That is that is not the intention of what we do. Yeah? and and it's not the intention that we went out to the public with. Um, so a few people came to our defence and sort of went Yeah you're kind of missing the point here. Yeah, if if you're the sort of person that is looking to publish your story publicly. Then, then it looks like this group of, you know, Hale and Mets not talking to you. Keep, keep keep, going down that publishing path. Get your stuff published. You yeah, know, make money off that book you've written or that song you've, <laughs> you've made or whatever the case is. Um, yeah, but this isn't the medium for you. Um, right. So within a, a couple of weeks, we started getting a few responses. You know, over the next or few days, we got a few. and a couple of re- weeks, we got a few Um got this this random message uh i think it was an email actually from a, this guy called eli and we're like oh yeah this sounds like a you know, interesting story and he sort of shared a bit of a brief about it and went yeah that sounds pretty cool
0: so um, about so his um, and the one Terence's referring to is a uh, hollow fever which is episode two of the shorts yes, i believe that is, is i know <clears throat> you've had you have guys had so many since i've met you and um before that <clears throat> that have been really good but honestly to this day i think besides and i'm not saying this on bias. besides my (laughs) my first short episode but hollow fever still stands i think as my favorite short personally uh followed i don't even remember what it it could be followed but but i guess the road trip one with you guys but i know (laughs) um and I, i know this gets personal but this is the point of this is one of the uh one of them was written by your brother
3: yes yeah it was um yeah, no, look, I, I I, I do agree. I think *Holly Fever is, it was the and, one that's probably had some of the most time put into it.
0: And I um, imagine there's going to be a lot of listeners by now who are probably like, get off this Eli train. But it's not, it's literally not anything to do with that. It's it's because the story <laughs> itself, and, and I guess, and I'm also, I love po- technically post-apocalyptic, I would say it is, but in yeah, just it the, is, way, yeah. the, the way that asshole, and he knows it, ended it uh so uh, go no ahead, spoilers, too. Go but, ahead. But I had to get that out there <laughs> yeah yeah no,
3: look, at, at the end of it I, I I I loved that episode um I loved but we, we'd just gotten a few extra audio packs as well and and we Mike had bought one called uh Edward Foley which is um it's a footstep generator and that one Sorry is used that. to <laughs> no, no, it's used to great effect. I absolutely love mm-hmm. it because there's um there's there's this first scene where the two characters are walking through this house, and it's this wooden floor, mm-hmm. of your house, and one goes upstairs, the other one walks around the kitchen. And there's probably a good two or three minutes of audio where it's ninety percent footsteps. and it's and and this this is Mike doing this, by the way. um that was one of the things that Mike wanted to do. he He wanted to do most of the sound design for shorts. So he spent. Right. So long, fine-tuning this this careful footsteps around these this living room and into this kitchen, where every footstep has this creak to it that it just makes this scene. Oh, look, it's 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 in my opinion, it's probably the best single um, audio know yeah, snippet of audio work that we've done. It 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 gets this beautiful mood across of creepy suspense that just builds really well, like really, really well. Mike did an absolutely phenomenal job with it. And I think that whole episode that he worked through sounds fantastic. Not to say uh, – that that's not to take away from the fact that the story itself is incredibly well-written um, mm-hmm. and the voice acting <coughs> – yes, thank you. Uh, no, the voice <laughs> acting in it was, was done really well as well. It was sort of one of the first few that we did as shorts. So it was kind of a um, – yeah, it was kind of a new experience for us working off a script and reading that. And I think between Bernie, myself, and Mike, we ended up doing a fair few takes that uh, that will never get seen. Um, but a fair few mm. takes of lines where we've gone, hang on, what are we actually saying here? And yeah, you know, we stop <laughs> and read the script for a good five minutes to understand what the yeah you know, what the full context of everything that's going on is. We've gotten a lot better since then, in in my opinion, where we are reading the scripts in advance and we're, you know, discussing stuff on on chats before we actually get to a recording session, so that we're um yeah, a little bit more prepared and and in advance. But um, yeah, that was one of our first experiences doing it, and it was vastly different to doing D and D. But mm-hmm. um, I think that story stands out as probably one of the the better ones. The only it downside sounds <coughs> <laughs> But the downside with it is like the first episode for shorts is is well, it's quite dark. Um, and it was submitted by this user, this reddit user. and And I suspect there's a sinister story here. I'll be honest
0: <laughs> <laughs> that one that one I, I shit I don't remember who it was. I fuck I was talking about when when I first started listening to the show. it might have no, it was All right, I don't remember who it was, but I know specifically that one was like that story. I guess it was Mike. I'm assuming it was Mike was like, the story's really fucking creepy for our first (laughs) short.
3: (laughs) We wanted to kick off the the, the series with a bit of a, with a bit of a bang, but at the same Mm. time, I I I feel like by doing that, we kind of typecast it a little bit into it's a horror podcast. It's not, it's, it's any genre from any author around the world. And that, that was kind of the tagline of that show. But, um, you know, I think the first two or three episodes are quite dark and, 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 you know, yeah, sort of horror slash, you know, dystopian future with a with a, a sad ending. Yeah, so not, not happy shows. But, um, yeah, that episode, so that, that guy that submitted it, or that person, rather, I'm making an assumption there. The person that, that submitted that story, I have tried to, you, you'll note that in future episodes, we feature the author. At the start of the episode, yeah, we ask each of the authors to record a snippet of who they are, where they're from, you know what they're passionate about, and introduce the show. Because ultimately, Shorts is about those people. It's a showcase of those people's talents. Right. You'll notice that that first episode, uh, I'm the one doing the introduction because I cannot get in touch with that person. They submitted a story, and dropped off the face of the earth. As far as I'm concerned, I cannot find them. I've tried emailing, I've tried. I've I've tried a few things that I probably shouldn't say out loud um, to try and track this person down. And they either created that account to send me the story and disappeared or the story is based on real-life events and they've now been arrested for the murder of someone. Um, I don't know, but I cannot, cannot find that person at all. Despite my best efforts, they don't exist.
0: That is a hell of a way to kick it off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> before we move on to to the to the I guess the last subject of the episode, um, sure. I want to touch back on uh earlier you had said uh you had mentioned about a book and um I would just want the listen I want you to reread I want the listeners to remember you uh well met recently won an award for a children's book right I mean this Oh he did too Yeah, I, I'm not gonna lie, dude. I was like when I saw that picture of you guys on stage, and I want to say Bernie had sent it to me. You know, she's like, We won, or something like that. I was like freaking out myself, too. I don't remember where I was at that time, but I know I was over there, like, Yes, so we, we did. We um, Bernie has
3: tried for the past probably four years, I think, mm-hmm. maybe thereabouts, to get Rachel and myself, and and Mike and Cam, um, together to compete in the Write a Book in a Day competition. So it's a it's an Australian based competition, it actually started in WA, uh, 12 years ago, might have even been longer than that. Um and I've been completely unaware of it. But it was designed, it was aimed at schools originally. Um Mm -hmm. but it's a it's a fundraising competition for kids' cancer research. So absolutely amazing cause to try and get behind. Um but the the guys that started it were a literary group and they were writing and sort of doing doing stuff up in the Perth Hills and they said, Hey how can we how can we we need to raise some money to build to rebuild their, their building that they were doing stuff in. Yeah, so they, they were looking to raise some money and decided to start up a writing competition. Um, and it was about re- fundraising for their building, right, so, to do some renovations and fix their, their building up to start with. So they did that for two years, and they raised enough money out of this competition of writing a book in a day, 12-hour period, and you, know, you paid an entry fee, and you got donations from people to help you yeah, and and all of those donations went to them, and in two years they raised enough money to renovate their their property, and they went that this that was brilliant, and it was a lot of fun, and all the mm. feedback from everyone has been, it's a stupid amount of fun to write this thing under this immense amount of pressure. It it not just has to be written, but it was written, edited, illustrated, and bound, and email and and well at the, at that point in time it was um it was posted, but you had to have it posted with you know stamped and signed and that sort of stuff in that 12-hour period had to be had to have gone um now you get to submit it online and that sort of stuff so that there's time stamped records and everything but um they decided to turn that into a children's charity and went, well hang on why don't we just raise this money that we're getting you know people keep keep wanting to do this next year why don't we turn it into a charity to raise money for a, for a cause so they put the feelers out there and and you know this Childhood Cancer Research Place sort of went, well, hey, we're, we would love to be a part of that. So they teamed up and they've been doing that for, as I said, like more, you know, a decade or more. Um, and they've, they've raised hundreds of thousands of dollars now for, you know, for this show, which is absolutely phenomenal. Mm. I think it's absolutely brilliant that they've managed to raise this sort of money. Um, and, yeah, they, they've, they've opened it up to not just schools now. Uh, and that was that was a few years back now, actually, about five or six, where they said, hey, um, while well, it's great getting kids involved in this and, and making it for kids, about kids, so it's kids writing books for kids, um, right. they decided to open it up to, well, anyone, because they had groups of adults and teachers and parents of kids that were writing going, can I do it? And went, no, no, it's age-restricted. And then they realized one year, well, hang on, we've got so many people saying, can I do it, that they went, let's just open it up. So they did. Um, at that point it also went nationally. Um, it's still probably bigger in WA than anywhere else, but, um, you know, Sydney or New South Wales and Victoria and Queensland, and even some of, um, even some of the tiny islands off the coast of Australia that are still Australian mm-hmm. territories, um, you yeah, had schools submitting stories this year, which is pretty phenomenal. Um,
0: I just so, realized, I just realized, remembered Bernie's a librarian. She is. Yeah, no so wonder she, I don't know why that did occur to me. I did not try- on either or draw that line together until now of why she was so hand for it. And a great yeah, artist. No, so. Well she
3: she's the one that drives a few of the school competitions or the school entries. In fact this year mm-hmm. she had um she was managing eight teams um you know to to submit books so she was pretty busy. But um but yeah so uh she she's been pushing us to do it and we've always tried to find the time but between you know having kids and that sort of stuff we've never managed to. But this year we said no no, we need to do it. So we got mm-hmm. together um and and spent the day well mapping writing they've got a pretty good schedule that they that they suggest you keep and we we kind of kept that um and um yeah spent a good f- well 12 hours sitting there just writing editing Bernie illustrated and um you know, she's she's actually taken that hobby to the next level and she started her own sort of facebook uh group and shop where she's been taking those uh the watercolors she did for the book um and she's been yeah, been doing a lot of um, custom jobs for people. A lot of Christmas related yeah, stuff at the moment. But
0: she did the amazing um, uh, "One Bad Night" uh, cover for the Eleventh um, Hour audio production that you and I are actually yeah. a part of.
3: Yeah, no. So she's done. A f- she's done phenomenally with with her artwork, and yeah, she, I think uh, she's got a uh, uh, an early Christmas present to help her with that as well. So she can do do that digitally <laughs> um, as well now. Um, <coughs> thanks, Mike. <laughs> um, <laughs> Gotcha. No, um, They yeah, so we, we got writing this book and, and sort of finished it off um, submitted it um, You get you get this creek, sorry, you get this key criteria that you have to follow with the book mm-hmm. um, So yeah, it's key words and key themes and locations and those sort of things that you have to follow Which is really it's a blessing and a curse because if you get stuff that you can use It's great. If you get stuff that is completely out of your wheelhouse yeah, you know, you're writing to a to a, a narrative that you have no idea about and it's really tricky. We were incredibly lucky. We got words, you know, we got a uh, location of a farm which incidentally is uh, you know, Rachel grew up on a farm in WA. So, yeah, she has that life experience to draw her on. Um, you know, a lot of our themes were all of of sort of mystery and thrill and and magic and those sorts of things all of which fall into our wheelhouse. Just incredibly easily, um, yeah. You know, and a haunting, which we'd had an idea. Like we sort of sat down that first five minutes to plan things out, and went, "Hey, so we've got to do a haunting. What if we did a story about all of those, yeah, you know, those those things that go missing? Yeah, you know, that that sock or a button, or I swear I put my key somewhere, or yeah, I don't know where that phone went. It's just gone. You know, I had to buy a new one. All of those mm-hmm. sort of things that go missing throughout your life. What if, yeah, you know, they get taken?" And it's some sort of currency, uh, in, in another world, in sort of a sub sub dimension or something like that. So this story kind of took off, you know, kind of had a life of its own. And it right. in a lot of ways, you know, you, you sort of hear authors and writers say, Oh, the story really wrote itself. No, it it really wrote itself. We kind of mapped <laughs> stuff out in the matter of fifteen minutes. We Penelope. You can see from the door, but don't bang on the door, please. Her oldest sister is going next door to play with the next door neighbor
0: kids. But I. So is that, is that like, your youngest daughter? Sorry? So that's your your youngest daughter, right? Uh,
3: no, the oldest is going next door, so Penny is the youngest. Yeah, she's, so she's a bit <laughs> yeah, upset. That, yeah, that's that what I'm saying. Like, to... uh,
0: so you got Indy, Penelope, and the other one. Uh, Elena, yeah. Elena, okay. Yep.
3: Yeah, so Elena's <laughs> going next door, but Penny wants to, but um, not, not at the moment. Well,
0: good news. we're not almost. that's more supervision. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's I
3: cool. <laughs> that's
0: cool. I understand.
3: Uh, sorry, what was I up to? Um, so we're writing this thing. Yeah, so it, it, it really did kind of write itself where we mapped this thing out over the space of 15 to 20 minutes and mm. we kind of went, does this work? And we went, yeah. So how do we finish it? Well, we do this. Yep. Okay, that makes sense. well, let's get into it. so we just sort of carved it up between you yeah, know between us all. Bernie got illustrating and spent the whole day pretty much you know painting and and doing up the illustrations which which were phenomenal um right. and yeah we um we we got this thing submitted in time we we're pretty happy with it we, afterwards we found a few sort of spelling and grammatical and sentence structure things that we would have changed um but hey, when you're writing in a twelve hour window
0: yeah no and, I feel you on that. <laughs>
3: I mean it it needed to be around ten thousand words, which yeah, it's it's a decent chunk of text.
0: <laughs> so what happens next with that book? Is like I mean like I think last I heard, you know, you guys won I I was making jokes, but like in case there's listeners or, or even myself generally would would want to buy a copy, would that be possible or is this just for uh, the competition? How does it well, work so- with that?
3: Yeah, so so the competition itself, because it is for a charity, you know, the the winning right. side of it is is uh, we got a plaque to say that we won, which was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. We were kind of gobsmacked on the day. We were sitting there, we'd been invited to the award ceremony, yeah, you know, and we we're thinking, oh, oh yeah, what are the chances that we win,
2: mm-hmm. you know,
3: the open division, which is other adult groups, and it was a national, yeah, the open division is national, whereas the other divisions were all state based, so we right. we're thinking, yeah, you know, what are the chances that we're going to win the national open division? Like that's yeah. But we went along anyway because we thought, why not? It'll be a good experience. We might get a, uh, you know, we probably wouldn't have been invited if we weren't at least a runner-up. So we might get a, you know, a recognition or something like that. So we thought, sure, okay, let's, um, yeah, let's, let's go along. So go along mm-hmm. and, um, and they, they, they uh, announced each winning category by reading out a description of the story. Right. Um, so they start reading out this description of this thing and we're, 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 like, looking at each other going, that's us. That's, like, we were just absolutely gobsmacked. We'd written a script for an acceptance speech if we needed one, but mm. the entire presentation, no one had done any acceptance speeches or anything. They'd just gone up, received their award, and said, you know, shook hands and said thank you and walked off stage. So we'd written this script and then realized, oh, we don't need that. That's fine. Got up <laughs> on stage. And uh, the guy who runs the competition said, oh, well, you know, given you guys have won the national open division, you yeah, know, that's a pretty big, big thing. Do you have anything you want to say? <laughs> So we're, we're sort of up on stage, you know, adrenaline pumping because we didn't expect to actually win this thing, hands shaking. I pulled my phone out because I'd messaged the script around to everyone for, for acceptance. Mm. Um, I think we managed three words off it before we kind of just went off script completely and, you know, mumbled for about a minute and a half. And <laughs> 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 yeah. But no, we yeah we can't believe we sort of, we won this thing. So, um, you know, Bernie put it up all on Facebook and, I completely forgot to do that on, on Twitter under the hail and well met banner and did that about a week later after Bernie reminded me, sorry, Bernie. Um, and yeah, so, um, we, we looked at how do we publish this thing? Cause mm. publishing wasn't a part of the winning. It was, it was kind right. of, you know, cause there, there's costs so, involved in that, right?
0: Right. Um,
3: so we've been looking into how do we publish and what we've done, as a bit of a Christmas thing for um for Bernie and myself and Rach and Cam and Mike, I went and edited the the book in a big way. We made some changes to a few of the few of the sections, and mm-hmm. I've gone and printed up um ten copies through uh, non-official, so it's not not actually published at all, but um, mm-hmm. a non-official sort of mechanism to get us a, a, a copy.
0: So those right, those definitely. are
3: going to be a one-off. They're, okay. they're sort of a one-off. Can't can't sort of do that again. Um, but the intention is absolutely for early next year to sit down and look at getting this thing formally, formally published through sort of a local publisher. Um, it's got because it's got colour illustrations through it, and they they form part of the story. Yeah, you know, the text wraps around these colour illustrations. I've looked mm-hmm. at a few sort of online publishing houses and that sort of piece, and yeah, it's um, it doesn't it doesn't um, doesn't unfortunately work um, you know too well for a lot of those sort of things they kind of tend to be more text-based novel only you know and, and don't sort of have the options for us so got a little bit of work to do there a little bit of prep to do but um, the aim is to absolutely get this thing published and have it purchasable not that I don't think many people are probably going to be too interested in that but that's okay um, if anyone wants it we will have a copy of it in the meantime though um, the kids cancer research, page if you if you google write a book in a day um mm-hmm. and go to the 2019 piece you can get a, a pdf copy of the book in its submitted oh. state
0: <laughs> that's awesome yeah yeah
3: so it's available feel free to read it um the aim is to we, we are in the process of recording that for an episode of shorts um oh
0: we, that now that i didn't know that's gonna yeah, be exciting
3: yeah we uh, we started doing that the other night and uh, got about a quarter of the way through and then it was very late and kids were tired so we stopped so we'll come back to that uh, over the Christmas break. Record that and hopefully get that released very early in 2020. But when that episode comes up, we'll um we're sort of going doing some work on the website and going to put the link to the to a copy of the book and um, yeah a few other things like that to uh, make it a little bit more accessible for everyone on the website. So keep an eye out. Um, check out the website sort of over January February time frame and you'll see uh, hopefully the Took episode, which is the name of the book Took. Um, You'll see that up on the website, and uh, a link to the book, and uh, maybe even a link to the edited version that I've done, as opposed to the released version that went out. Uh, so it's got a little bit more, a bit more change in it, a little bit, uh, a little bit more, more work done to it to tidy it up. But um, yeah, we have ideas for sequels for that. In fact, we we kind of seeded sequel ideas in the in the story to start with, um, deliberately, so that we could go and write more about it because we we were quite. Yeah, we we're quite excited by it. We thought it was a good story and, and fun characters. And uh it definitely doesn't have to end there.
0: Time's really flying by in this episode, Aaron. Yeah. It has. Sorry. And I still didn't even get to like the yeah, no, I still didn't even get to like the, the deep personal on this one. But well, no, we're definitely right. gonna have you back just just because there's a lot of questions, so many questions. And you know, <laughs> we okay. gotta have Mike on too.
3: <laughs> yeah, look Mike, um Mike will will be able to give you a lot more of the um the technical background of how do we do things and why did we pick this over that and uh you know what the process is for um you know for how he how he does what he does which is phenomenal. As I said I, I can't speak highly enough of him and this isn't just me saying it because he might listen to this. It's um <laughs> yeah, he really is a fantastic guy and I'll be completely honest, without Mike doing what he does, we wouldn't have a podcast. Just straight up. It wouldn't be here. Um it's probably too much for one person for me to do by myself but without mike there it's uh yeah it probably wouldn't get done or at least get done to this quality and regularity that we do
0: amen to mike so to wrap things up um if there's anything you could you give telling one you know any listeners on a personal level if someone was trying to get their own you know podcast network started or their own you know um their own at least podcast started from the ground up just as you guys did uh what advice could you give a listener
3: The single biggest thing I can, I could probably suggest to anybody looking is, is ask the community, everyone that we've ever spoken to, be it tiny guys who have been doing their own show for the past decade through to guys like astonishing legends who are out there, you know, with, with thousands of dollars a month, Patreon pieces and, and, you know, tens of thousands of followers on each episode and, and even bigger than that, maybe not NPR kind of big, but you know, any of the guys who have started from the ground up are always, always willing to at least give you five minutes of their time to share what information they can impart with and what they found to be the most important things that they've experienced through it. Everyone mm-hmm. in this community, unlike so many other areas of the creative industries, which is really cutthroat, um, I think everyone in podcasting gets that that we're all in it to share something that you've made, something that you're passionate about, something that you're excited about. And even if it's in direct competition to my listener base, um, no one seems to care. Everyone seems to go, absolutely, How this is how I do that. And this is how I get a better quality here. Or I find this works really well in story writing. Or you know, everyone is such an amazing resource. And, and every single individual person has their own unique advice. Yeah, you go to someone and they'll go, try this from a recording thing because that's the single thing that I found is more important. Someone else will say, no, no, but that's critical. But try this thing from a script side of things because that's more important than anything or this bit of music or, or whatever it is. Everyone is incredibly supportive and do not be afraid to reach out, including reaching out to us. Yeah, we we've been having chats with, ah, oh, so many people over the last six months who are in that position. Hey, I'm starting or I've started a podcast and I don't like this. What do you think about this? And there is nothing better than getting an email or a message or something like that from someone who you've never met before going, hey, and and, and it's even better when they say, hey, I've listened to your show and, but even if it's a, hey, I know you do podcasting and, hearing from people who are in this industry and want to talk is mm-hmm. so good. It it makes it worthwhile. It really does make it worth doing.
0: I fully yep. get I fully agree with that one hundred percent. Thanks Taryn, so much for coming on.
3: That's okay. Thanks for having me. It's been good fun.
1: This episode features Taryn Merlo. You can find more information on Taryn and Hale and Wellmet at hail and Well podcast dot and other links listed in the show notes. You can reach Vincent on social media at King's Literature, along with his other podcasts such as Danson and Unlucky Charm. If you want more great podcasts like Personalized, you can go to gravityundone.net and find other podcasts such as Space Brains, Exit Plan, and My Creativity. Also, if you'd like to follow Personalized on Twitter at PDPCast and share with us your favorite episodes and interact with our guests, we'd really appreciate it as well as leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and Podchaser.com. And lastly, I'm Abby Rose. As well as a personalized podcast, I do audio dramas such as The Veiled West and Crunchy Dragon Treats. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at AbbyRoseVO.
3: Guild of Adventurers follows the travels of the elven prince Arlan de Lucain, a half-elf from the big city, Tel Silva, and a dragon born from the wilderness, Kelgar the Barbarian. Join with them in this D&D-inspired, story-driven audio-drama as they face untold enemies, challenges, and puzzles while exploring the world of Calanthus and uncovering ancient mysteries. Released monthly, Guild of Adventurers is a serialized seven-story arc endeavor that can be found on all podcast providers. Hale and